Welcome to the Heavy Strategy Podcast with me and Jonah Till Johnson. Today, we're focusing on unanswered questions instead of unquestioned answers. The goal here is to think about what it is and to help you think about a topic in a particular direction. Today's topic is branding of CFOs and CEOs. Why not you? How does the concept of being CEOs being a brand or a CFO being a brand, how is this important? Because just recently in Network Break podcast over at on packetpushers.net, I uh, was talking about the recent results from Extreme Networks and the CEO, they polished, pulled up these amazing results, 20% growth, growth in revenue off the charts, earnings per share was great, but the CFO resigned and left to go pursue some other opportunity and the share price fell by 20%. And people don't quite understand that. And the answer is because the CFO and the CEO in most companies are actually a brand or a figurehead. And particularly in this case, the CFO leaving the company, it's generally seen by shareholders that the CFO knows what's happening with money. And if the CFO is quitting for some reason, then more often than not, there's something wrong. It's usually a sign that the ship is sinking and the rats are about to come out. And then all of a sudden the saying is, uh, buy the rumor, sell on the news. So that's what some people did, locking. And extremes had very good financial results, whatever. But it's also important to consider that a CFO is a brand. Once you've become this figurehead for a company, the second you know, CFO is like the second in charge to the CEO because money is so important to these operations. They actually need a reputation to get the next job. So if they come out of a company that goes down, their brand is damaged, they're not worth as much for the next role. And that leads to the question of, how does this branding of CEOs impact us? How is it that people like Pat Gelsing is worth $180 million at Intel, but Chuck Robbins at Cisco, a company twice as large, earning way more money and not in trouble, only earning $25 million? The answer is branding. And so that's the question that we want to talk about today. Are there lessons that we can learn as normal people? Because let's face it, we're not a CEO podcast or a CFO podcast. Are there lessons can we learn? What do you think, Jonah? I'd like to kick off by telling a quick story. We are not talking about making 25 million or 200 million or even, you know, 10 million in our roles, most typically. I actually thought about branding and how it applies to uh, rank and file technologists when I read a story not too long ago by someone who was going for his first job in, in a technology area. And he said, well, what happens if you get your first offer at 65000 a year? But you know that in general, this job pays 80000 a year. Should you take it? Mm. And the guy being a very, you know, a, a smart guy had multiple different analyses for answering mm. this question. I'm, I'm just going to read one because I think it was actually quite interesting. He said, well, if you take the 65 k a year offer, that's 130 k in two years. If you wanted to make 130 k in the same amount of time with an 85K, 80K offer, you'd have to get that, that new offer within 4.5 months. Mm. So unless you're certain you can land uh, a, an 80K offer within the next four, four and a half months, you should take the 65K. Mm. Then he had a bunch of other analyses that all led to that same argument, take mm. the job now. And then he said, what do you guys think? And a lot of us wrote in and I wrote, I wrote in and said, you should take the job and immediately start looking for your next job. And he wrote, no, someone else said that and I agreed. Hmm. And he wrote back and said, no, I wouldn't want to do that. I mean, when I take my job, I want to be fully committed to the job for at least two years. And I wrote back and said, you know, that that is completely nuts. We're not talking about spending hours every day uploading your resume to, you know, websites and whatnot and filling out job forms. But when you do that, what you want to do is make sure you have a current resume and that it's on file with executive recruiters and make sure yeah. they know what the job that you want looks like. So Sounds like talk he's to me got a you... disease I call workism. 
Well, we'll, we'll get to that. But, but you know, yeah. make sure your current resume is on file. Tell yeah. them what your next desired job is. Go to conferences. And that's where we start walking into the branding. Yeah. Go to conferences. Go to online salons. Get your name out there. Start meeting people. And guess what? Not only will you learn from them and they'll learn from you, but they figure out where you are so they can give you a job yeah. and actually build out this marketing plan and this branding plan for yourself, as Greg is talking about. That was my recommendation. I also thought of Greg because, yeah. It's what did you call that, Greg? Workism. Workism. It's a disease, which is I've got to work. I've got to work lots. I've got to work all day. I've got to work weekends. I've, we used to call it being a workaholic, which is right. a, a play on the concept of alcoholism, which is a disease, right? It's a mental disease. <clears throat> you know, the work's the most important thing, and I'll sacrifice to, to have a bad job. You've actually got a mental disorder, the, from my point of view. The reason that you go to work, the only reason, primary reason that you go to work is for money. You work to live. You would much rather be at home drinking, you know, margaritas at 10 in the morning, having an afternoon nap and then getting ready for a night out partying seven days a week than you would be going to work oh. and struggling your way through some sort of IT job. Actually, Greg, I think if you're drinking margaritas at 10 in the morning each and every day, you do have alcoholism. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> in which case you've replaced one with another, but okay, exactly. right? <laughs> you know, my point would be is that whenever you get an opportunity to take make more money, you should take it. There are mitigating circumstances. You can then yeah. say to me, oh, this job's close to home and there's a value attached to commuting further or this job has got people that I enjoy being around and I'm scared to make a change. Okay, fine, whatever. All things being equal, your resume should always be ready. You should always be ready to go for the next job. I've talked a lot about branding and stuff like that as a personal level but what i wanted to do is like point you towards this idea of what cfos and ceos are doing and their personal brands and maybe we can talk about after we talk about how they do it what can we do because you alluded to a few things there, you know going out and networking and finding people and talking to people maybe leveraging social media right what I, what I wanted to say is that there's a quite a lot. If you go out and do a search on the Googles for CEOs and branding and stuff like that, you'll come up with lots of waffle blog posts that, you know, really should have been a tweet. And certainly there's any number of podcasts <laughs> that could have been a blog post, you know, could have been an email. There's a lot of waffle around That's this. That's just so cutting. Like yeah. that blog post should have been a tweet. Yeah, there's a lot of, <laughs> trust me. What we were, I was thinking about looking at was what CEOs do is a lot of CEOs actually have a brand. If you look at someone like Warren Buffett, he's an extreme case. Or Elon Musk. Those people are bigger than life, bigger almost than the companies that they head up. Partly it's to do with their wealth, partly it's to do with prestige that they've built up over a long period of time. Those people are a brand. And if they say, I'm going to join this company or if I support that product, people jump on it. They're influencers in the same way that YouTube and TikTok influencers are, you know, whatever. And when you see companies, particularly technology companies, appointing a CEO, they're usually going out and looking for somebody who's got a brand, somebody who's going to come in. And for public companies, it's very much about which one will shareholders put up with <laughs> like yeah shareholders Who don't do shareholders want to worship <laughs> the, the shareholders of a company don't want to see a cfo or a ceo usually don't want someone promoted one within unless they've got a good story good brand most often they'll go and look outside and say oh this person was ceo of this company and ceo of this company and so they'd be good in this particular that they're they're the right sort of history for this type of job i think that's important for us to understand as employees is because Two ways. One, when you look at your CEO, keep in mind that it's not so much a person, they're often a figurehead. 
they're not only working for the company, they're actually working for themselves. And part of that is their brand. And that's why CEOs often leave. It's because their brand's being damaged because the company's failing or because the company's not going in a direction that they want. Does that make sense? It does. And listening to this and you're you know, uh, calling out Elon Musk makes me think about what, uh, before we even get to the, the practical, mm. tactical things, although I've thrown out a few, mm. I think part of the whole branding is a conscious creation of your image first, which has to start first in your own mind. Who do you, it's almost like when I was a kid and played play pretend. You know, you pretend to be Superman or whatever, except it's your own version of whatever Superman is. I think Steve Jobs did that very well. You come up with an image of who you are, who you want to be, and you buy into that image enough that you can project it, but ideally not so much that you're fooling yourself. And a lot of times what happens is these guys will create the image, live up to it, and then yeah. start believing it. And you can see, ex you can pinpoint the exact moment when they're believing their own hype yeah. because that's when they go from being impressive to being ridiculous. Yeah, and that's like always a mistake a switch. Yeah. yeah, when they start yeah, believing their own hype sort of thing. You know, I'm not saying that every engineer should walk around wearing, you know, black turtlenecks or have particular funny colored hair or whatever, but those ideas are actually good in helping you stand out. I mean, yes. just just in a, in a moderate way, for many, many years, I had a bleached blonde crew cut, and it was actually flattering on me, hmm. but the real reason that I wore it was, well, it was one of the many reasons, but honestly, nobody ever forgot me in a group of people because I was the only one there with a, only woman with a bleach blonde crew cut. <laughs> and those kinds of things can help. You know, if yeah. you're just another guy with the same haircut that everybody else has, they're going to not remember which one of you was the one with the great idea at the, yeah. at the team meeting. So sometimes what you'll see at conferences is analysts or press walking around wearing a ridiculous hat. They'll wear like a trilby or something, you know, something odd. And that's so that people know that, oh, yeah, even though they don't remember your face or they it's don't. It's the guy with the hat. It's the guy yeah. with the hat. And I know him. He's he's, you know, I've met him yeah. before. Or, um, you know, the person in the black turtleneck or the girl with the, you know, bleach blonde crew cut, whatever yeah. it is. Sorry. It is that right. It's all that sort of thing. And the question is, can we bring that down to people? Now, keep in mind that CEOs have different brands. It's not just one brand. I'm a competent CEO. Let me just give you some examples. You might often find a growth CEO which is a CEO who's known as a person that comes in and drives growth and beats everybody with a stick and tells them to work 20 hours a day. If you've got any brains in your body, you just ignore it because it's his job to improve things, not yours. Another one is the hired gun who comes in with a goal of turning the company over in six months, maybe firing a lot of people, pulling on a piling on a, bit, a whole pile of debt and then walking out the door. So probably a turnaround type of person or maybe pushing for a merger or an acquisition by another company. Strategic CEOs who come in place for an extended period and then prepare the company for uh, re-strategize it, change its direction, set up a long-term, have a leadership succession. Another one is a career CEO, which is someone <clears throat> who becomes a CEO early and then spends the rest of their life spinning over on a CEO <laughs> instead of spending their money like you should. You know, if you've been successful, there's no reason to keep making more money or waste your life at doing work. And then the last one is an autopilot CEO, which is someone who's reaching the end of their career maybe, or they just want to have a goal to just work smoothly and keep the company operating. And those are sort of five different bands. If you like five different flavors of a, of a soda or a soft drink, that's the sort of brand that these people are putting out. And quite often, and this is, this is something that I'm becoming more and more visible of because they're hiring PR companies, hiring brand consultants to go out there and promote these particular images. If there's a CEO out there who's currently the strategic CEO and he wants to become a growth CEO, 
they'll go and hire companies who'll go and try and get you on podcasts so you can build that image, create that image. And then, you know, the minor press picks it up, then the mainstream press picks it up that this person's talking about growth and energy and, you know, changing the world. And that can be done, right? And I would say, if you're listening to this and going, that's interesting, I think two things to highlight. One is, it's a lot like theater. You have to have this idea of the character you're playing before you can play it effectively. Um, (laughs) And the second one is, for ordinary humans who are not actors by nature, you want to pick a character that's reasonably close to who you actually are to start with, at least. Um, So let's say you want to be known in your organization as the guy that will absolutely translate a brilliant idea into something that works. Many, many years ago, I read a great article about or a great book about writing fiction. And one of the things the, the, the writer said was when you're creating a character in fiction, you have to exaggerate their natural features. So it's not just red lips. You have to sort of create this slash of red lips. Mm. And it's not just black hair. It's got to be, you know, jet black hair that covers the page. Mm-hmm. And these are visual images. But the point is, there's kind of a gauzy veil between what you as the writer are imagining and what the reader is seeing. So you have to be really exaggerated to get across that veil. Mm. And the other point is that you're exaggerating features that are already there. So mm. if you're saying, oh, I'm going to be the guy that executes the vision, you want to think about how you can showcase and get across these notions. And it's everything from what you say at meetings to how you decide to tell your story to podcast, you know, posting. (laughs) There's nothing like presenting to the board of directors or to the, you know, the C-suite. Yeah. Yeah. Remember who you are pretending to be. Yes. And you could say, well, that's who I am, but Mm. you're emphasizing it a little more. You're exaggerating some of those components. So we talked about the the growth CEO. You can turn up in front of the board and be the person pushing for change which is fine if the board wants change. But if you're sitting there in front of the C-suite and they're all autopilot, they just want to run the business and make steady profits, and you're up there demanding change, you're going to be out of touch with your audience. And so you've got to be careful with your brand and make sure it fits the customer that you're trying to reach. Now, I know that sounds cheesy, but that's what it is. If you turn up and the company's in growth mode and it's just hired a brand new CEO who wants to shake it. Greg, let's let's circle back to actual rank and file technologists because you keep talking about the CEO, but let's let's make this real. Mm. I mean, one of the other pieces to this is you can say, okay, I'm going to brand myself as the architect because architects are really cool and strategists Mm. are really cool. That's what I want to be. Well, you have to be damn sure that you're actually good at it. You have Mm. to be at least at the 50th percentile for that job. And generally, you want to pick something you're at the 75th percentile at. You don't have to be the best person, the most brilliant person ever to come across as being that strategist, but it has to be something that you're reasonably good at. You're not going to be successful as you if you try to brand yourself at something that you're terrible at, mm. even if you can fool people for a while, because what that does is that sets you up for for knowing that you're a fraud and eventually everything comes tumbling down. So pick yeah. something that you're automatically that you're reasonably good at. Recognize candidly whether you're 55, 55th percentile, 65th percentile, 95th percentile, and think about how you're going to use that strength. To, mm-hmm. as part of your your brand you get to pick yeah, your ahead. brand that's your point is right. it you need you it, get to it, pick well your it brand. is but you pick your brand and align it with your natural strengths and yeah. they have to be actual strengths they can't yeah. be something you wish was a strength you can't but sell isn't. coca-cola as an energy drink it's a sugary right well yeah but yeah. again you're getting kind of off the how does this apply to an yes, you know is, someone yeah. who is you know a technologist okay so let's realign so, the, so if you're yeah. a you're working for a company and you want mm-hmm. to present a certain image and let's face it we all do we all have a work persona because we need to fit in with the people around us. We need to 
present an image to the people because that's what they want to see. You can come to work with blue hair if that's the persona you want to wear, but you're going to be that brand that you present, you know, you present by having some sort of extreme clothing or if you have extreme views, that's part of your brand, right? And people will... Yes. If you walk into my office and you have blue hair and interesting piercings and tattoos, I'm going to listen to you if you're pitching me change agent, if you're pitching me visionary. I'm not going to listen to you if you're pitching me keep the, you know, keep Hmm. the wheels on the truck and keep, you know, keep the trains moving because I just don't believe you're that person. Probably somebody's listening to this. Probably they're, you know, Gen Z or, or, you know, later millennial going, yes, Mm. but I am expressing myself. Listen to what Greg said. It's a work persona. Think about it as theater. Mm. You're getting dressed up in your theatrical outfit. You want to convey an image. You want to convey an idea that is, that Mm -hmm. is who you are, but more so. Pick that idea and let your expression be of that idea, not of some non-existent true self because that's right. and that's nobody why we, was born with blue hair and, and that's why tattoos we have that business yeah. shirts and business trousers and women have business right business right. Outfits. but it doesn't have to be business again no, you can you can show up i remember meeting uh meeting via zoom the C- cto of an extremely large extremely conservative organization and the guy had uh was wearing a black uh band t-shirt hmm. and i'm like okay his brand is I'm the CTO. I am the change agent. I'm taking us into digital transformation. And my mm. contact at that company is the CISO who shows up always in button down shirts. His hair is, is military crisp. Mm. He is the guy that will keep you safe. Yes. And there's keep you safe and lead you into new horizons. Yes. And they're both perfectly matched to their brand. And I have very a lot of trouble explaining this to people, certain people who say, but you should accept me for who I am. I'm saying it's got nothing to do with no, accepting to do with you, who you are, with who you yeah. are or how you dress. That's the brand that you are presenting. Yeah. And it's theater. It's Think theater, of it as yeah. theater. It'll make it less painful because no actor ever walks out on stage and says, this is who I am. No, yeah. they say, I bring parts of myself to this character. And that's why when I um, went on site, I would always wear a white shirt usually without a tie these days because it's no longer required, but a pair of dress pants and leather shoes because then people could put on me anything. Like You don't form a judgment. You were the the stable. And even before you had that gray in your hair, you have this very comforting demeanor until you open your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I could make a choice. I'm not a threat. I'm exactly. not obviously I look at you and I weird. Think, I'm I think, not. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you, I think you, nice guy, smart guy. I think you know what, Greg. When I look at you, I think highly competent. That's mm-hmm. it. That just may be the brand that you you used for all these years. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's certainly. And by the way, it's not a bad brand. Highly yeah. competent is what you want in your tech folks. Yeah. If people want you, you could be anything. You get choices at that point. Whereas if I had it turned up with board shorts and a white shirt and thongs on, saying we're going to get ready to rock this team. This you know we're going to change everything. That might not have been what I was hired for. And I was a consultant. I used to get brought in for short-term engagement. But, I mean, if that's what they wanted you for. And by the way, just for the record, he is Australian, so he's allowed to do that. <laughs> the rest of us are posers. <laughs> Unless you're from Southern California. Yeah, yeah. I do know a guy from Southern California who actually that was his persona, very successful in tech. Yeah. But yes, yeah. I guess what this comes down to, to kind of sum up, mm. is you want to think about who you really are. In the privacy of your own room, you don't have to admit your failings to anyone. What are you really good at? What are you not so good at? What do you love? Mm. What do you just tolerate? Mm. Build a brand around that. Hold that image in your mind. Dress for it. Act for it. And then start. And then, only then, do you start looking at all the external stuff. Like, do you start writing blog posts? You know, which which groups do you join? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But you want to really 
create that brand, recognize that it can change over time. That's you know, right. you may be the 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 firebrand when you're 30 and you want to be the calm voice of reason when you're 60. Those are all there fine. There is nothing wrong with changing a brand around when you move. If you're only maintaining a private brand within your own organization and yeah. you move to another one, you can change. You can have a whole new exactly. persona. You can go from being the weirdy, you know, to being the stayed boring wearing white shirts and yeah, a exactly. conventional haircut. Exactly. If, just make sure it aligns with mm -hmm. some degree of who you are, some degree of your real strengths, not what you flatter mm -hmm. yourself your strengths are. But they don't have to be the, the strongest of the strengths. Again, you don't have to actually be, you know, in the 99th percentile of genius to come across as the genius architect. You know, 75th percentile is just fine. If you're a genius, you know, you're realistically, not, you're not doing enterprise yeah. IT on the inside. You're somewhere else. Uh, I know quite a lot of people. You know who what are, I'm saying, but, right? Yeah, but there's, there's, there's a vanishingly but, small number. The really, the real energetic and really bright people are making other choices, perhaps, or maybe, maybe, it's a, maybe not. You'd be surprised, Greg. But I, I think a lot of us, especially engineering types, tend to be way too honest about our own flaws. You know, I definitely remember what percentile I got, you mm -hmm. know, in the, the graduate um, exams, the graduate SATs. I remember exactly my percentiles and I remember being disappointed by some and happy about others. And, uh, you know, most of us are, are scrupulously honest and wouldn't dream of exaggerating. Oh, I'm at the 65th percentile. Maybe presenting myself yes. at the 75th percentile is a lie. Nah, relax. Yes. Just use it to build your brand take classes that strengthen you, hang out with people that encourage that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, start with that image of who you want to be. And then if you do decide to expand that to a public sphere, like online, then again, choose the persona that you want to present. Coming online and being a grumpy, you know, complainer about everything that's broken is probably not the best way to present yourself if you want to use the tool to get the next job. It might be very. Do you do that? Yeah, I did. Yeah, for a long time. <laughs> you no, you do that. that yeah, is I do. Your, that yes. is your brand. It, your brand is curmudgeon. <laughs> you know, you've got to let your excellence shine through that. It does become a burden after a while, and I'll admit that it did uh, cause a lot of problems for me at a certain point in time, until eventually people realised it was just a humour. It was actually a, an amusing, an amuse bouche, as they say. But if you're going to do that, just remember that it's probably people will judge you on that. If you want to be taken as somebody who's forever just writing technical posts and you're writing deep posts about Python, you're not going to get a job building MPLS backbones for a carrier. They, all of those things matter in weird and ways, right? There are some things you're sort of stuck with. There are double-edged swords. Like being a woman in technology, your brand mm. is always less smart or less geeky mm. when you walk in the door. And you have mm -hmm. to actually recognize that and... As a woman, if there are women listening to this, I would suggest that you not play dumb up as part of your brand. Mm. So like long, fluffy, blonde hair, lots of makeup, uh, cleavage. Look, you've got natural assets. Uh, God bless you. But mm. they're a terrible brand to play up because you're, you're going to be saying something to people that you don't mean to say. Mm. And I'm not talking about being sexy. I'm talking about being dumb because in the United States, at least, intelligence and sexiness are are negatively correlated for women. So yes. just recognize that. Pull out the horn-rimmed glasses, wear your hair back in a bun, button the shirt up, and come across as being the super smart one for a while because you're already going to yes. be treated as though yeah, you're yeah. stupider. Yes. Same and thing if you're black. Now, if you're Asian, they're going to assume you're smart, so don't make your <laughs> don't make your brand stupid. Yes. But on the other hand, <laughs> you know, you may have more of a challenge making your brand one of those disruptors mm. because there's this assumption that right or wrong – that, that Asians play by the rules, they don't make the rules. So, yeah. you know, just recognize the challenges. Don't get mad about them. Don't get upset because the world is going to see you a way that you that mm -hmm. doesn't affect, doesn't reflect who you are. 
recognize it. Also yep. recognize that when you're young, you have a great strength, which is if you can de demonstrate competence, core competence, yeah. then people will believe you as a change agent because there's an in there's an inherent belief that younger people are better at change agents than older people. Yeah. It's not true. Again, mm -hmm. just like it's not true that beautiful women can't also be smart, but for some reason, it's a stereotype. Recognize yes, it, work right, with yeah. it. And But also take some time to respect people who don't have brands. They just want to go to work and go home. And that's why a lot of people dressed in conventional clothes and do <laughs> conventional things because that is the brand that they choose or never chose. They just never thought about it, perhaps. If, if you think people are judging you, no, they're just deciding whether or not to buy your brand. That's in that Some people call that judging, but the reality is, is that when it comes to a work setting, there's a completely different process to what happens outside in the other world, in the personal world. Yes, in, in the personal world, if you've got a personal brand that's whatever, people should accept you for who you are. But in the workplace, if you want to bring a personal brand to work, you probably shouldn't be at work. People do accept you for who you are, I think, in general, in general. But, you know, blue hair and a face full of metal is uh, is, is making a brand statement in the, in the work environment. And that's it. And that's what CEOs and it and is CFOs. at home, too. Just 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 know that. And yeah. that's fine. You have every right to to choose to be who you want to be. Mm -hmm. Just recognize that people are going to see you. So I wouldn't say it's the biggest message here. I think the biggest message is think about a brand. You can consciously choose not to have one, as Greg said, but uh, you probably yeah. should have a brand and think about marketing yourself be, according to that brand. Could be a really interesting way to handle that judgment discussion with some people. You're judging me because I'm such and such. And I'm going like, no, you're presenting to me as a brand with, with yes. these values. The brand that you're presenting is inconsist in inconsistent, inconsistent with the value you claim to provide. That's right. That's exactly yeah. it. And it, it doesn't necessarily mean that, that you know, mm. you can you can be the most staid conventional person on the planet wearing blue hair and a face full of meadow, but you're telling your yeah. everything is focused on telling me that you're not yeah, conventional. Right. Yes. So, you know, brand. if you're part of a team for a long period of time, people will just accept you for who you are and that's fine and reconcile the fact together. But it depends on where you're going. Well, on that note, I think we've done this uh, topic to, for a to while. Death, yes. I don't <laughs> think we came up with too many answers, but I think we didn't leave any questions on. Uh, I don't think we unquestioned any answers for sure. Uh, let's uh, make sure we come back in a couple of weeks. Thanks very much to you for listening. You can go over to packerpushes.net to find more podcasts and listen to Heavy Strategy 215, which raised this topic. And Jonah, where can people find more from you? Please go hit us at namertes.com. Click the link that says join our community. And if you uh, sign up, you will be immediately accepted if you mention um, Packet Pushers or Heavy Strategy. And Greg and I hang out there and would be happy to hear from you there. Thanks so much. See you in a couple of weeks.